bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 168 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this week on the show we have vegan naturopath Candace Borg, and she's sharing her journey going plant-based, and I love hearing from professionals, like doctors, dietitians, psychologists, neuroscientists, people on the show. I love having those people on the show because it gives obviously a bit more credibility to plant-based living and the vegan lifestyle because people who are listening may stay oh you know it's just a few random unqualified people sharing their stories so I want to combine the hope stories that are shared here with expert opinion and people who are highly educated and professional and who have been doing this work with their patients and their clients for a long time and who've been researching in the field of nutrition and and health and healing for a really long time and utilising their wisdom and knowledge with within their own lives. I guess people who are congruent with their message. So I'm very excited to have Candice here. You can check out her work at Candice Borg Vegan Naturopath on Instagram and on Facebook and CandiceBorg.com. You can also find her at NorthgateNaturalTherapies.com. I'll have all those links in the show notes if you click on the link wherever you found this episode. If you click on the link, you get taken to the show notes where there's more information about Candice, her work, social media, and her websites. So, again, it's CandiceBorg.com and NorthcoteNaturalTherapies.com and Candice Borg Vegan Naturopath on social media. And she also has a skincare range called Purely Vegan, which I'm very excited to try out. So without further ado, my shortest intro yet, I'm going to love you and leave you, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Bye. Hello, Candice, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Oh, so I happen to just be looking through my friends thinking, I know I've got excellent friends on my friends list that I don't even really know, but that we've connected, obviously, because we have shared things in common. Yeah. And... I thought some of these people may be good guests from my podcast. So I <laughs> was scrolling and I came across you and you sounded perfect, oh. perfect for the show. So I thought, why not just reach out and see if you'd be willing to come on and share your story with me and everyone who's listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's, isn't it amazing, though, what kind of networking we have just in our friends lists and things on Facebook that we don't pay too much attention to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's just even though there's many downsides to social media, in some ways it's it's very special that you can make these connections with people that you've never met and and here we are making the most of it. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, as you said, there's there's some positives and some negatives about it, but you can really find your tribe of people that you didn't, if you don't have your tribe within your own network, that it's a really good place to find people that are like-minded and, and supportive of your beliefs and uh, morals, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to say that Facebook 
for the good and the bad. But for the for the good, I have really found that. And every guest that's come on this show talks about the community yeah. that you do find because making these kinds of decisions in, about our life and our health and our and our values it can be quite isolating and and absolutely and I love looking through my friends list now and seeing you know hundreds of people who align with my values where where they weren't before absolutely definitely and even getting good tips on on recipes and things like that actually things that you go oh yeah I, I, I can have that <laughs> I want to have that <laughs> yeah absolutely like yes yesterday and I know this is everyone has this so it's Sorry, everyone. But I, you know, a Forks Over Knives group member, if you're not in that group, it's a great group. I love the Forks Over Knives official Facebook group. It's really good for recipes and tips and support. But they posted this focaccia recipe. Now, I haven't made it, but I sent it to my husband. It's just great to have that like, oh, I need a lunchbox kind of idea for the kids at school and we're making the same things over and over again and everyone's bored of them, you know. Yeah. So it was great to see this new focaccia recipe and focaccia, focaccia, how do I pronounce that? Tomato, tomato. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Foca- if you're Italian, you're going to be saying, I'm butchering exactly. this word. I'm, I apologize. Focaccia. I think that's There you go. That, that sounded more authentic. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I was excited for that. So I'm looking forward to making that this week. Yeah, mm. definitely. But we're kind of digressing. <laughs> Candice, tell us your story. Tell us your story. How did you come to this place in your life? Wow. Um, how did I come to this place in my life? Well, I guess I guess from a young age I wasn't the biggest meat eater um, and I didn't really, I mean, I never enjoyed eating it and I didn't really understand why we needed to, but, of course, that was my upbringing and you ate what you were given and you were grateful and all of that kind of thing. And then through my family, uh, through my family's health issues, I went on a journey of health myself because my my family history has quite a long list of medical conditions, which actually brought me to the profession that I'm in. And um, and through that, I mean, because I was in the health industry, then I started looking at health, and I um, then became I, I kind of went through every single version of food <laughs> choices. I was pescatarian, then I was vegetarian, then I was vegan at home because I would forget to ask, does I have cheese or butter or something in it when I was eating out and didn't put too much uh, pressure on myself, I guess, for making mistakes in the beginning. I did a little bit, but not heaps of pressure. And then when obviously fully vegan and I've been fully vegan for eight and a half years now. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. I think that we are really close in our fully vegan anniversaries because I went fully vegan in January of 2012. Yeah, mine was Feb. <gasps> Look at us, super close. There you go, kindred spirit. Kindred spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and the, I mean, the ultimate to, to take me to veganism was watching Earthlings. That was the, you can't unwatch once you've watched that. So, that was really the push that I needed to become fully. I don't like the word plant-based, but I'll say plant-based. Yeah. It's difficult because both have stigma attached, both Mm. plant-based and vegan. And some people would say, you know, it doesn't matter if there's stigma attached to veganism, it is what it is. And I really proudly 
vegan and yeah. and others that are vegan would say that being plant-based is, you know, you're not really saying that you're ethically doing something for the animals and that you're yeah. against, you know, animal agriculture and all of those kinds of exploitation of animals. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of use them both depending mm. on what circles I'm moving in because yeah. I guess there's there's a lot of so there can be a lot of ugliness yeah. in the, in the vegan space a lot of the time between vegans yeah and plant-based I feel like doesn't encapsulate that I very much am aligned with not causing suffering to animals wherever possible yeah so neither neither term to me really feels great yeah at the at the moment and I and I I do Vegan is probably the ultimate, is, is the way I would describe myself because plant-based doesn't cut it. Yeah. But it is a tricky thing in my mind because I don't like the unpleasantness that can happen in those arenas. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I, I, I started like when plant-based term came out, I thought that's really great because we are and from a food perspective, this is really easy. Um, but then when, you know, Coles and Woolies started bringing out plant-based products that had dairy in them. And I'm like, well, that's kind of um, butchered the word for lack of a better analogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a horrible analogy. But And I think that using plant-based is very easy for me in clinic. When I'm seeing meat eaters, then it's a really easy way for me to say, look, this is what I think you should be eating more of without telling them to go vegan because without getting that resistance of, of course, you told me to go vegan because you're a vegan naturopath. So it's a it's a good get out of jail free card. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I totally, I totally understand. I think it's a really good get out of jail free card for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that was that's kind of my journey in terms of it was I was going to say I guess it was health to begin with, and that's not necessarily true in the sense that I didn't like the killing of animals. So I had been exposed to animals being killed. A lot of my family friends had farms and we would go out into the paddock and that would be what would happen. But I never liked it. I never, I just, it would always make me super upset. So even though maybe initially it was, oh, this this seems to be healthier, I think there was definitely an ethical backbone to that that um, strengthened the transition. Yeah, yeah. When you were making that transition, so you said you went pescatarian, you tried a lot of different ways of eating. What led you, like what, in yourself or in your in education or your your own self-learning what were the things that led you to go f between well to get to this point to choose veganism uh, after all the different diets that you tried apart from earthlings i know earthlings uh, yeah so earthly, yeah <laughs> earthlings will do it you know that will definitely do it for you <laughs> regardless of what what you're eating that'll pretty much convince you to change your eating habits I think I think it should change most people anyway if they watch it but I guess I was studying naturopathy at the time and it, my favorite nutrition lecturer was pescatarian mm. so before that I had done a biomedical degree and in the nutrition subjects in biomedicine it, we were told about you just had to eat meat and you had to eat dairy and you have to have eggs and that just that was what a healthy diet was one may argue who that may be funded by but it was just a part of the curriculum that that's what you did and vegetarian was mentioned briefly but as if it was like a there's some weirdos out there and they're vegetarian but 
they should really be eating meat and dairy and eggs. So it was kind of more like the CSRO diet, you know, like that's what really was taught in Biomed. And then when I went into naturopathy and naturopathy at that time was a private college, so the lecturers weren't biased in any way um, or sticking, having influences, shall we say. So my favourite lecturer was a pescatarian and I thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, I don't like eating meat anyway, so why am I eating it when she's telling me that I can get all the nutrients I need without it? And from pescatarian to vegetarian, it was a conversation with my now partner, actually, who wasn't my partner at the time, who basically was he was vegan at the time or at least vegetarian I think he was vegetarian at the time and he said why why do you have no compassion for fish you have compassion for other animals but not fish and I was like oh but you need omega-3s and I was really arguing the point of nutrition and I'm like I can tell and I haven't had enough and then I just light bulb moment went off in my head when I remember it so clearly I was lying in bed and I was just thinking about it and thinking how dare he call me you know compassionless and you know what an asshole basically (laughs) Now I love him with all my heart, but at the time. And I just had a light bulb moment and I thought, well, hang on a minute. If you're eating less inflammatory foods, then you don't need as much omegas. So, and and I didn't at that time know about hemp and how rich in omegas hemp was or flax seeds or, or chia seeds for that matter. So anyway, so I thought, oh, well, I'm eating less inflammatory foods. I, ne- I need less omegas so I can get them from plant sources. So that was the, I guess, the vegetarian click over and I didn't really I mean completely ignorant but I didn't really realize how much cruelty there was in the dairy industry and in the egg industry and again that was earthlings that opened my eyes to that but once I found that out and then I mean even thinking about it now seems so silly when I think about how um, uh, in terms of nutrients from those foods and things like that I thinking back seems very silly that I was defending it at the time but then when I watched Earthlings I thought well this is way more cruel than the meat industry so if I'm going to give up anything it surely has to be dairy and eggs yeah so that just completed the picture and the thing is Candice like you're not alone in not knowing what what, what's what was going on with the dairy and egg industry I didn't know most people on this show it's one of the last pieces that you're you're not aware of. There's so many vegetarians that have been vegetarians for a long time who don't, still don't know that what they're supporting. And they go, we go into it with like this, this, this loving heart that's saying, I don't, I don't want to, want to eat meat. I don't want to slaughter animals for my, for my dinner. Not knowing about male chicks, not knowing about their breeders, not knowing about the dairy industry and the mother cows and the the abuse and the baby male cows and all of those things. Absolutely. People just don't know. And I think that people like yourself and everyone out there who's on this journey, it's important that we do we do mention it and and also have compassion that people just don't know and they're doing everyone's doing the best they can with the information that they have at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do our best and when we know better, we do better. That's the motto that I try to live by. And so when you made the switch, when you made this switch, what were the challenges for you, especially as a naturopath and someone who's wanting to have a, you know, a career where you're helping and helping people to heal mm. and, and then there is this stigma against veganism, how did you 
navigate that or the, well, the, the career but also in your personal life and your families when you're making what is for many people a really drastic change yeah I think well from a professional point of view I didn't come out you know I held I, I really silenced that vegan part of myself for a little while until I decided to call myself I think Geez, I think this is the time of Instagram because my Instagram is vegan naturopath. So that was the time that I went, right, I'm committing. I'm committing to making it public, not committing to the cause because I was committed, but committing to making it public. And then I just thought, you know, I was building my business at the time too. And I thought, does, you know, most of my clientele aren't vegetarian or vegan. Does this mean I'm going to lose my business? You know, what am, what am I doing? Can I do this? Anyway, committed and it was all fine in the end. So from a business perspective, it was tricky. I, and I, I still don't to this day, despite the fact that my Facebook and Instagram says vegan naturopath and on my website, it says that I'm vegan. Um, but I don't tell people. So if someone asks me directly in, in a consultation, I'll say that, that that I am. But if they don't, then I won't, unless they then themselves tell them tell me that they're vegan. And I'm like, oh, then that's fine. You know, you know, if nothing to worry about. I'm vegan too. So you're not going to get me to. I'm not never going to suggest you eat meat or dairy or eggs. And they're like, oh, great. Okay. Phew. Okay, then they can relax. But I still don't in clinic. And I, I, the reason that I don't is because I don't, like I said before, I, I just don't want clients saying, oh, you're only saying that because you're vegan, not because it is actually the healthier option. You've got a bias. Um, so from pro- professionally, that was, I guess, the tricky part is kind of coming out. And I mean, not only coming out, but changing my whole dispensary. So learning that herbal tinctures can be made with with dairy products, I never knew. You know, you don't know these things. Why would you even think that there is an alcoholic extract of something that there's a trace of dairy in it? I mean, all of these things that I kind of learnt on the fly and and um, and really got to know supplements and and intimately and and what things could be known as. You know, in terms of because sometimes it's not as obvious as it saying contains dairy. So learning all of those things, there's there's one manufacturer that used to say free from, but unless it said free from animal products, then it wasn't vegan. So it would say free from dairy, free from eggs, free from crustaceans, but it wouldn't say free from animal products. And learning that distinction, that 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 meant that that product that was free from everything still isn't vegan because somewhere in the process they use an animal ingredient. So just learning all of that. So I guess that was a bit of a learning curve. And I wouldn't call it tricky. I I am one that puts a little bit of pressure on myself. So I don't like it when I make mistakes and learning things like I didn't know that a a herbal alcoholic extract could have dairy in it. When I learned that, I thought, oh, my goodness, I've been using this brand that has dairy this whole time and feeling really awful about it until knowing, you know, and then and then doing better so that that was a big and I'm, of course my clientele at the time was barely I had very few vegans so they didn't care you know like they don't care what the supplements contain or what the herbs contain but I did you know so changing my my supplements I also have a retail space that's attached to my clinic so changing all all the products in the retail space to be vegan as well um without upsetting people or you know people that had their regular um products informing them why we weren't stocking that product anymore and and why this one was a better option or a healthier option for them so it was a real 
I really felt like I was putting my business on the line just to see if it would, you know, it would evolve with me or if it would um, not take that evolution. From a family perspective, that probably was trickier because business is money, so you can always get another job. Um, but family, I mean, up until this day is tricky and it's eight and a half years and I've done a biomedical degree and an entropathy degree and I have a little bit of knowledge about nutrition, you know. So seven years of nutrition at a university level and still my family says, but are you getting enough iron? Are you getting enough protein? I think I am. Yeah, I think I know that I am. And I teach this to other practitioners and other medical team. And um, I, I run, obviously, vegan workshops all the time. So that is always a little bit tricky, just navigating that. Yeah, family, family, other, they can be, they can definitely be challenging when it comes to this. And I, and it's, I think that you're not, you're not, I know you're not alone in that. And I don't understand that it's, it's a really interesting dynamic with family members for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Um, yeah. So that, that, that for me was the, the trickiest uh, component of it, I guess. Just And, uh, I mean, there's lots of – I love hearing stories in clinic of families that have gone vegan together or there's been, you know, a, a daughter or a son that's then converted the family or converted half the family or something like that. That is not the case in my family. I am the only one in a long line of Maltese people. I am the, the only one in my family and my partner saying he's, his daughter's vegan but we are the only ones from both of our families. So Yeah. Yeah, look, I host a podcast and have been doing this and have healed my multiple sclerosis and have been doing this for, you know, years now as well. And my 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 brother is close. He calls himself vegan, but he doesn't look at the ingredients lists yet. So yeah. he's close, but um, he's the only one and, you know, it's it is what it is. And some, but then you hear some people come on this show and they've Gabrielle Miller, yeah, he came on the show, and Josh Lajani, they came on the show, and they their whole families are just amazing and vegan and awesome. And I think, oh, what does it take? Yeah. I want to <laughs> go inside your head and find out exactly what you did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can replicate that in my own life. Exactly. Or how do I join that family? <laughs> how does how one, do I join that? How does one become a member of said family? <laughs> Yeah, the, the Millers, Gabrielle, if you're ever listening to this, how do we join your family? Exactly. Josh Lajoni, <laughs> I'm coming in. I'm Corinne Lajoni from now on. Right, exactly. We will change our names by depot. How do we join that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's, uh, I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, well, I do think that I, prob- I probably personally was a little bit of a bullet gate at the start which may have been a bit off-putting personally because I just, yeah, I think at the start I was just so much like watching Earthlings and listening to some videos and being just so like, oh, I don't know, if, you, don't, you don't know this, but once I tell you, you'll definitely be vegan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was very much that. I was excited, yeah. excited thinking I have this piece of information that's going to change your life because yeah. it changed mine, but I was right, ready and open, wide open. Yeah. To receive that information and that learning, absolutely, and 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 they're they're not my my family, you know, they're they're not. Mm. 
in that in that same place. I haven't gone on that same journey, and so I. That's been my biggest takeaway: is that you can rock up all excited with all of your new facts about chickens and dairy and all these things, and they can still be saying, "Well, great," but I don't empathise with them. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Feel it because they grew up. But my family were farmers, and they just don't connect with animals in that that heart yeah. way. In the same way, like they love animals, but they don't love animals. Yeah. If that makes <laughs> sense, <laughs> they love animals in a different way than what I love. Yeah, them. exactly. As as fellow earthlings, yeah. they don't love them like earthlings. They love them like we're up here and they're down yeah. there and we get to, we get to eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is hard. It is hard. And I think that that's what can be very isolating for new vegans or, or for uh, old long-term vegans. It doesn't get in, not that it doesn't get any easier. That's not true. You, you become accustomed to it, but still, I mean, every time my family makes a vegan dish that we all share, I'm like, score, like just one less animal product has been used, you know? Um, and I consider it a win. In fact, on uh, family dinner nights, uh, if I'm not going, then sometimes I'd say that I'm not going a little bit too late so that the soup is definitely vegan for everyone <laughs> because if it's already made, oh, whoops, oh, well, sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, yes, which I hope they're not listening. <laughs> That's a good tip, good tip. Um, That's a really good tip. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so I do think that that sometimes is hard. And that's where when we're talking before about, you know, sometimes Facebook can be a real ally that you've got kindred spirits out there that are going, yeah, I don't attend Christmas because it's just too difficult for me or come to this orphan Christmas or, or why don't you, you know, come here for your birthday and, and we'll celebrate it and don't worry about celebrating with your family, celebrate with your family for a coffee, not a dinner or something like that that is maybe a little less hurtful for you. Yeah. So there is definitely support out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it's ne- it's necessary for many of us because you do feel especially and as well I'm you know raising young little kids and you want them to have an experience of those those Christmases and those things that's compassionate and cruelty free and in alignment with the values that you're trying to teach and so when you go to a family Christmas that's full of the dead bodies of creatures that we care about even though that may seem like dramatic people who aren't vegan who might be listening that's how I feel about them that's how my kids feel about those those animals on the on the table and it's it just isn't a fun Christmas to sit around a table with with death on it yeah absolutely and I think it's really confusing for kids too that you know if they know what that animal is and and they agree or they empathize that it we shouldn't hurt that animal, but grandma is and grandpa is and Uncle Bobby is or, you know, whoever it might be and and them having that confusion of why do they why are they so cruel? Why are they wanting to hurt these animals? Like surely if they knew that what it is and you know, like that I think kids can sometimes have the same, you know, drive of but if they know then they won't because they're not bad people and they're not, you know, they're not cruel people and they're so loving and kind and generous and all of these beautiful things, so surely they would do that too. Yes, my kids 
Definitely, Iggy, my eldest, he's definitely always saying to grandma, oh, did you know that this happens or that's not vegan, grandma, yeah. or, or, thing, or things things like that. And I get a little like, oh, you know, kind of feel embarrassed about what he's saying because grandma's not vegan. But then also I think, you know, it's it's nice that he's so passionate about it and that he, he cares so much about the animals and that he just thinks, like you say, he just is so naive and innocent and sweet and he just thinks – and optimistic as well. He just thinks, oh, once she knows, I love her and she's so wonderful. Once she knows, she won't make that choice. And trying to explain, you know, conditioning and social conditioning to a child can be really challenging that, you know, apathy and conditioning and cognitive dissonance and all these big terms are all playing a role in these choices that we're all, we're all, we all did make and some of us are still making. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think it's beautiful to that, um, you know, never silence that voice of the, but did you know, you know, like never silence that curiosity and that attempt because I think that that's so important for I mean, everyone's development, that you can question the status quo and you can research more and you can look into things that, you know, are seemingly to be true or to be legal or to be whatever and have your own opinion about whether that's right or or not. And also on what you were saying about being that perfectionist and, sh- you know, feeling so bad when you had the tinctures or the... Yeah, the yeah, tinctures, you got it right. The tinctures with de- a bit of animal products in them. Being kind to yourself on the way... Because as I said, I have fallen on my face a thousand times. I've bitten into a pie that I just assumed was vegan and then found this cheese ooze out of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like I didn't know this had cheese inside. And, mm. and you know, so many of those instances and there's so many things as with personal care products and vitamins and supplements that you would never – think uh, my brother bought and I've mentioned this on the show because that was just so he bought coconut milk yeah, well. <laughs> pr- pa- powdered that had dairy in it <laughs> milk in it and he, we did, he was using that with my son for years because he's like it's just easy because I don't only have to have a sachet yeah. and I just put it in my porridge and Iggy was saying this porridge is delicious <laughs> at Uncle Stephen's house and I just read the packet because I'd never bought dehydrated coconut sachets before myself Mm. Mm. and it happened to have milk in it so and so Iggy is super which is awesome because I had to learn that as an Mm. adult you know in my 30s but he's eight and he just reads the ingredients list straight away and he's always saying mom you bought this and it's got you know whatever in it and I'll think oh my gosh I just never would have thought this muesli raw muesli slice would have yeah why (laughs) dairy in it or egg in it or whatever in it I just sometimes just don't you can't assume no you cannot and the beauty of your eight-year-old is he also has eight-year-old vision so he can read the fine print and (laughs) exactly has eight-year-old vision Uh, yeah but but just not being beating yourself up because this is this is a this isn't a sprint we're just all figuring it out and some days I know that I don't know if you know Ash Nayati, yeah, the yep. vegan neuropsychologist. She's just incredible. But her talking about the anger and the upset, and I've shamed myself so much about being a bull at a gate about veganism at times. 
when you see those videos of animal suffering and you know, I try to block them out of my feed now because I just don't need, I personally don't need to see them anymore because they really upset me. But when you do get angry and upset, like she talks about, like the anger as an emotion, I really loved what she said and it's a signpost that your boundaries being crossed and it's not a negative. Like when your boundaries being crossed and your, you know, your boundaries, a really strong boundary about life and kindness is being crossed and not causing harm to others is being crossed. Of course, you're going to feel angered and upset. And of course, you're going to wildly speak out about it and then realize that it's falling on deaf ears and maybe adjust your, your tack then. But not being hard on yourself when you feel that because it's a of course we do. We're seeing suffering and we don't, our value is out of alignment with that suffering. It seems so senseless to us. So I really liked that. I felt like that was a, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking, I'm still so angry or I can't believe you're angry or whatever it is that you're thinking, maybe thinking nothing at all. But I think that that was for me really helpful to have her say, like, this isn't nothing. This is a, this is a boundary being crossed. And that's why it can come across so strong and that's that's also why there can be such strong emotions in the vegan movement because this this is something that we're facing our boundaries being crossed all the time absolutely and i think that that's i have done a presentation about uh, veganism for a couple of different medical uh, conferences and one of them was about uh, mental health and in the vegan community and is it higher in the vegan community? And the statistics say that it is higher in the vegan community but not because of a nutritional reason. So that my whole point was it's not nutrition, guys. Like get off the B12 bandwagon. It's actually because they don't feel supported, they don't feel heard. They, they, there's things that upset them that don't upset other people. So they're looking at images or information that is really, really upsetting, their network, you know, their, their prime network of people around them aren't supportive or aren't understanding, so they, they've lost their tribe, you know. And then I was saying, but then even within that, there's the vegan police and there's people going, you know, on social media that can attack other vegans. I mean, I got attacked for this presentation actually, interestingly enough, because they didn't read it properly to say that I was actually saying that we're undersupported and unsupported, like under resourced. <laughs> thank you for proving yeah. my point. It was, um, but yeah, but I think that, you know, like with them within the community, there's, there, there can be a little bit of the vegan police that, that because we're so angered and we're so passionate about it that there's, it's like it's not happening quick enough and we get we get upset that it's not happening quick enough even within our own community. Um, and, and look, I think that there's 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 both ways though that there are people that will convert because of the the real aggressive approach and they just need to get slapped in the face with it and they go, oh my god, I'll convert. And there's people that need that gentle approach because if you slap them in the face and they'll resist it just to resist it you know so I think that it's really really interesting within that and just having that again kind of kind of trying to find your your tribe but also just having that kindness for yourself that you're going to stuff up you are absolutely going to stuff up you are going to accidentally kill an ant or a mosquito or something something's going to crawl on your leg and you're going to squish it like flick it away and it's going to die or there's things that you're going to do you're going to pick up things from the supermarket that 
absolutely have never contained dairy and suddenly now they do, you know, and, and you find out after you've eaten it or you find out when you can't take it back or whatever it might be. We are constantly going to be doing these things. There's going to be mistakes that are made by cafes when we go there that they tell us that it's Nutalex and it's not or and then your tummy tells you that it wasn't, you know, or something like that. All of these things are going to happen and, you know, I think that and it's, um, of course, we feel angry and we get feel upset about that but if we can have kindness for ourselves and kindness for each other that says, okay, you know, like now we know better we, we we do better you know now we know that we can't be complacent with looking at labels so we won't or maybe I'll post that on vegans of Melbourne or vegans of Australia to say hey this product just a heads up you wouldn't believe it but it contains dairy you know so use that use your education as as a point to educate others not to beat yourself up about making a mistake because we all will and have and do and you know so we can only do the best that we can. Yeah, I agree on 100%. And I, what you were saying about the vegan police, and I, I've definitely met them. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely met them on my journey. And I think I've probably been it at, 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 at one time or another. For me, I needed that. It was Gary Urofsky. Yeah. His video, which is quite a slap in the face kind of a video. It is a slap in the face video. So I needed a slap in the face. That, that suited my personality. If someone had said, Corinne, take your time, I would have taken forever. Yeah, yeah. I would have taken forever. But I also – and so because you work a certain way, you believe other people are going to respond. So I just assumed that if I just slapped everyone in the face <laughs> with the information, they would just go, oh, my gosh, you know. So I sent that video to everyone on friends list and, you know, I – Thought it would just slap everyone into being becoming a becoming a vegan overnight, but my you have to understand that different strokes you know for different folks Absolutely, and yeah. what worked for me did not work for my family and friends. It it wasn't what they needed. They they needed someone to thrive, and it's been me thriving. And without sending all the videos of the baby chicks being ground up alive, yeah. <laughs> but just me thriving. That has been the biggest change maker within my friendship group. Yeah. And I think it is that. I think it's also being true to you, you know, like it, so if you are a, I, I need to post these videos because I just can't believe it happens, then post them and post them proudly, you know. Absolutely. And I was that. And you can just, wherever you're at, it's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that speaking of Gary's, Gary Wildman, have you seen his video, The Matrix, I think no. it's called? The Vegan Matrix, no. Gary Wildman, he's like Gary Yorofsky, I can never pronounce his name. Yeah, no, same. Except without the slap in the face. Oh, That's the same information. Oh, so it's James, James Wildman. I apologise. James, James Wildman. Wildman. And it's called the Red Pill and the Blue Pill. So it's like the Matrix thing. Yes. Okay. I always think about veganism as the matrix and I often wonder if I should have not swallowed the <laughs> <laughs> I often think, gosh, if only I hadn't. But I not in not not really. It's it's been the best decision I ever made in my life. But it is it isn't it isn't it isn't an easy road all the time. It's it's an easy as you make it, but I think that it can be as we've mentioned, it can comes with its own challenges because the more you know and often we're most of us are empathic mm. people mm. 
I think everyone ultimately is an empathic person, but we're quite in touch with our empathy. (laughs) And it's, it makes it very challenging when you're walking around a food court and suddenly you're overcome with tears because you're looking at everyone's leftovers and it's all lots and lots and lots of dead animals and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, they just ate them so flippantly and just discarded their dead bodies on their tables. Yeah, and the waste as well. It's like it, it wasn't even all consumed. You know, that that is equally as upsetting, I think. I just think, wow, like. You're just going to throw it out, like just not even have the decency to consume it all. You're just going to throw bits of it out. Yeah. Yes, it can be really challenging. But Which I we both did don't... before we were vegan. We totally <laughs> did. So I have discarded so many dead animals. Yes. <laughs> I have discarded them. So, I mean, it's it's not about judging and that's the thing. I, I, I went, it's taken me a long time to realise that, you start out being really judgmental and you forget that you were that exact person very quickly, like overnight, you're suddenly self-righteous. And I think that that's been a big, big lesson is that everyone is where they're at and, and we can do our best to do act. Be, you're activists in, we're all activists. Once you're vegan, you're an activist because mm. your, your choices touch other people and your actions you know, t- touch other people even with your lunch at work, with your with your choosing for your coffee when you're at a cafe, like mm. it's, it always is, and there's no. I don't think I think people can say, oh, you know, if you're not doing what you're doing, doing amazing talks, converting people, that you're not speaking up for the animals. But every action for every person is perfect. Absolutely. So, Candice, what would be something that you in your work that you've come across that you think that more people need to become aware of? I think um, we mentioned uh, briefly before about supplementation and I think that that's super important to, one, to know what you need to be supplementing with. I think that's important. People just think, okay, it's B12 that I have to supplement with and either that's it or and I have to supplement with that every single day for whatever, which is also not necessarily true for that person. Um, but I think it's really important for people to learn about their bodies. You know, we've all heard of the per- of the people that went vegan but it didn't work for them because they became really unhealthy and really deficient and so therefore they have to eat meat. And I, I had a bit of a tone in my voice and I apologise for the tone, but, um, but I feel like for those people, did they investigate what it was that they were getting from the meat and where could where else could they source it from? Would it need to be through a supplement? Would it need to be through food sources? How can they improve their digestion in order to, to improve the um, absorption and assimilation of those nutrients? So I think that that, uh, I guess that's the, that's probably what comes into clinic a little bit of the, I don't think I can be vegan anymore because, and I'm like, okay, well, you, well, without saying, yeah, you can, but yeah, you can. So like, so what are your, where's your line? Will you only get it from food? Will you, are you willing to supplement? Like where, where does it fall for you? And with supplements, I mean, supplements are so uh, tricky and I was going to say deceitful, but that's not true. It's there. We can hide in the excipients so many products and so many supplements aren't actually healthy for us. They, they cause us more damage than good. So I think that, 
you know, I, I see a lot on Facebook groups of going, oh, what's your favourite B12? And then there's a long list and I just cast my eyes over it and I think, you know, 90% of them I wouldn't recommend, you know. So and without saying to people that's wrong because it's not wrong but there are better ones for them that put less pressure on the liver and on the body and assimilate better and all of those things. So supplements I think is super important. What would be a good B12, Candice? Well, from from a um, over-the-counter point of view, there's not that many great ones in my opinion. The, the ones that are really, uh, really beautifully absorbed are more practitioner range products. Uh, so I'm not affiliated with any brand. My favourite brand is the Biomedica Liposomal B12, by far my favourite. Um uh, for just a simple B12, but then I also really like um, Orthoplex has a beautiful one, a product called Heme Synergy, which I really love as an iron and B12 supplement. So it really depends on what the person is actually needing as to, because I, uh, you know, someone comes to me in clinic, I'm not going to give them 10 products. I'm going to give them one product that has 10 things in it as best as I can, of course. Um so so they're not wasting money and that's what I think it is so they're not wasting money but that's what I think is really interesting too there's a lot of people that will go and buy things over the counter and not know whether they actually need them not understand that there could be competition between nutrients that if they're taking zinc in high doses that could be influencing their iron negatively you know but they'll say oh no but zinc's good for skin and my skin's bad so I'll take it or they'll take it too long term and then that, that becomes an issue from an absorption point of view from food. So I think supplements is probably that kind of Dr. Google can be a little bit damaging for some people of I've got this that says I'm low in this, I'll take it um, without having a blood test to confirm or deny said nutrient and also then you know making sure that your doctor is willing to do that blood test for you. So I think that 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 can be uh, somewhat challenging. And the other thing as well uh, is looking at, you know, there's so many vegan products out there now, which is awesome, but they aren't necessarily healthy or good for the environment. There's so many chemicals and um, in skincare that you wouldn't want to put on your skin for, for, for the net effect on what it would have on the environment if you are also environmentally minded, um, but also from a health perspective. So, there's again we're seeing a, such an increase in the the amount of vegan products which is fabulous but how many for how many of them are actually good for you and good for the animals and good for the environment and that's what i would think that i spend probably the most of my time talking about so what if, what are you putting on your skin in your body what foods are you eating is that balanced um what does your body need does your body need more iron than my body because your periods are heavier than mine does your body require more iodine because you have a family history of low thyroid function and you don't assimilate iodine properly so looking at people's health as a real um, as a real painting if you like like a real picture and then assessing what they need for them and how how best to work that within the scope of veganism because it can be done I love that. I really love that. And I think that people don't talk about skin and skincare and all of the things you said just then enough. Uh, I think it's such a you – everyone's house has so many products and, you know, things that they haven't thrown out, you know, old 
bathroom creams and potions and lotions and moisturizers and sunscreens and all these things that we brown our skin in and our skin isn't permeable, right? Absolutely. We absorb through our skin, particularly children, but adults do too. And we can give medications through skin. There's, I mean, the patches that you can get for quitting smoking or hormonal patches, they work because your skin absorbs. But the thing about the skin thing as well and cleaning products is we wash them down our drain and it goes into our oceans. So if you don't want to be harming animals, well, then you've got to be looking at that too because what is – and this is not to make anyone feel badly or think that, oh, my goodness, I've been doing something wrong because if you haven't known, you don't know, and then when you know, you know better, you do better. But but I think, you know, there's all of these things that we're – are we considering – that, uh, now I'm sounding like the vegan police. <laughs> I just realised. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard not to because there's just so many times where you have this, you're sharing information, and we we just need to be a bit more resilient in receiving new information as well, and not take it so personally, and understand that we're all perfectly imperfect and fallible and flawed, and it's all fine exactly you know, as long as we're trying to do better with what information we receive rather than just getting hurt yeah. and not doing anything exactly I mean the irony is is I was chemical free before I was vegan so I cared about the oceans but I was eating the fish you know <laughs> I mean how silly is that in retrospect so we've all been there we've all done it it's it's fine it's a part of our our journey but you know <laughs> absolutely so Candace. You're talking about your workshops. Where can people find out more about your workshops? So um, definitely on my social media. Uh, so on Instagram, I'm Candice Borg Vegan Naturopath. And on Facebook, I think I'm Candice Borg dot Vegan Naturopath. Um, but I will send you the links to that. Uh, I do have a website, which is CandiceBorg.com, that you can find out information on. To be perfectly honest, I'm not great at updating my website with my workshops. <laughs> So just a little, yeah, I own my faults. That's one of them. Um, so social media, things get more updated on that than they do on my website. Um, but people can find me on socials and just ask questions. Uh, my clinic is called Northcote Natural Therapies. So that website is northcutnaturaltherapies.com and I have a very fabulous employee that does keep that website up to date. So <laughs> that is that always has lots of up-to-date information. But I do run, you know, Essentials of Vegan Nutrition, Vegan Pregnancy, um, Raising Vegan Children workshops. I'm coming up with a um, like a, fir- a natural first aid for kids course coming up soon, which isn't a true first aid course but more like, my skin, my baby's skin's a bit um, exmary. What foods should I look at? What creams could I use? So more of that type of first aid, not not first aid, first aid. Um, so that's in the making too. But there's there's a whole heap of topics and things that I do workshops on. So check it out. They all sound really, really, really great and so valuable because people. There's so many. If you go on the vegan parenting. Um, pregnancy and parenting groups that you're just starting out and you have all these questions. So having a vegan parenting workshop or having a vegan kind of just a information, you know, a workshop that gives you like how how to advice is and the things to you know 
that you just talked about in this interview that are super helpful about supplements and ingredients lists and chemical-free life and all the, those different things. They're such, it's such useful information for anyone who's starting out who wants to just go to one place that's credible rather than a bunch of YouTubers and people who perhaps don't, don't understand the science behind it, who don't have a background in you know, biomed and naturopathy and that you do, it's a great offering. So I know that people listening will be thinking, like, like I am thinking, wish, I wish I knew about that back when I was pregnant and early on in my journey, but I'm glad that you're out there doing that for everyone who's at the beginning of their own. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, with the Raising Vegan Children workshop that I do, it's um, it's also, uh, I talk about from infancy until adulthood. So, because a lot of people are a bit unsure as to uh, what they need to feed their child or, um, or what... Uh, um, uh, how they can convince their grandparents, the child's grandparents, that it's okay. You know, that's probably the biggest questions that I get asked. Or, you know, should I give my child eggs because what if they become allergic to them? You know, so do I do that earlier to prevent an allergy? And there's a lot of questions that we're faced with when we're raising um, vegan children, particularly also, I mean, obviously through infancy, but um, also through uh, teenage years where it becomes super important too to make sure that we're crossing all those nutrients off. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll, I'll probably be in touch with you now when my kids my kids are growing and I'm still figuring things out along the way because at each age and stage you think, oh, what else might they need at this, at this time and what else? how else can I protect their bodies and maintain their health and while they're growing and going through puberty and all those kinds of stuff times in their life exactly exactly so um it does cover all of those life stages fantastic quickly what would be your three biggest tips for anyone who's wanting to make the switch to a plant-based life vegan life tip number one be kind to yourself you're going to make mistakes it's okay um you're on a learning journey that will never end because products constantly change and something that you might have been using for five years is suddenly not vegan and then you think how long have I been using this well it hasn't been vegan for so things will happen like that so definitely be kind to yourself um number two read labels if you don't have good eyesight get glasses because you will need to read a lot of labels um in skincare it's probably the writing's even smaller usually in skincare um which is why I actually developed my own skincare range for that reason. Oh, everyone, go! F- where can we find that? Uh, it's well, it's on the Northcote Natural Therapies website, but the skincare is called Purely Vegan. Perfect. So purelyvegan.com.au is where you find the skincare. But that would be tip number two: is to look at labels. Tip number three, I think, is um, enjoy the process. You know, like, and and be be really proud of yourself for having made the connection and wanting to make change and and be the change. You know, be the change that you want to see in the world. I think is a really lovely quote. Won't get into a, a political talk about this person, but my favorite Michael Jackson song was "Man in the Mirror," and I loved it from when I was a kid. 
And I loved it because he was like, just look at yourself and make a change, you know. And I, I always think of that, that I'm like, if I'm looking at myself and I'm changing, then that can only be um, beneficial for other people or that can only motivate others. And even if it doesn't motivate others, I know I can die peacefully knowing that I've done what I could do. So I think, you know, like have a look at yourself in the mirror and just be kind to you and be, be moving forward on your journey. Yeah, they would be my tips. I love them. I love them so much. Thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It was so lovely to meet you. And I look forward now to checking out Purely Vegan and looking at your workshops and your website and social media, which I haven't done. So now I've got a whole new list of things to do today. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for stalking me. <laughs> for, for You're welcome. I appreciate it. My, my st- I'm glad I stalked you, but it's, no, there's no, there's, for anyone listening, I'm not promoting stalking. Just Facebook, Facebook stalking in your friends <laughs> exactly. list. Facebook stalking. It's a rabbit hole of social media, though. We've all done it. We've all clicked on something and then gone down a rabbit hole of, of and then you think, how? why am I looking at this person's page? And why am I three months deep into their page? <laughs> <laughs> how did I find myself here? I know. I don't. I'm so guilty too. It's just, this is, that's one of the dark sides of the social media. Exactly. You just you just don't know why because you're curious. We're curious little cats. We're curious cats about each other. Absolutely, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much you are so welcome thank you so much Candice for coming on the show thank you all so much for listening and don't forget to check out Candice over at CandiceBorg.com NorthcoteNaturalTherapies.com if you want to book in a session with Candice here in Melbourne and also check out Candice Borg Vegan Naturopath on social media I absolutely loved meeting Candice and having a chat with her today. And again, just that reminder to be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself on this journey, on this wild journey that is life. It's just, there's never a better sentence to describe how to move through life with life with grace and ease than just to be kind to yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive everybody else. We're all doing our very best. Whatever that looks like for you is perfect right now. So give yourself a cuddle. Know that you're doing great. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier day.